The point is that there's an argument, and it's a good one, that we're paying a very high price for shlichus. And I'm saying we're not. Why? Because people are not worse because of it, people are better because of it. But it doesn't look nice, because it's a mix. In most from communities, everybody looks exactly the same. You look a little different, they push you out. That's not what we do, even in Crown Heights. With all of our, and by the way, there's a lot of pushing out in Lubavitch. But all in all, we keep our children who fall off the derech. How do I explain to someone who's not Lubavitch what a Rebbe is? No matter how hard I try, they never understand, they don't understand what's the difference between the Rebbe and, and their Ugdeli. Okay, the truth is, if they don't understand, you can't help it. I just think this question is so important that I really want you to listen to me. I really want you to hear me. So I want the noise in your head to stop. I want your attention, please. How do I explain to someone who is not Labavitch what a Rebbe is? No matter how hard I try, they never understand. They don't understand what's the difference between the Rebbe and one of their Gedolim. Now girls, you cannot make anybody understand anything. But I want to say something to you that you need to understand. We don't understand what a Rebbe is. Or to say it differently, we use too many words to describe a Rebbe. We were so afraid of underselling what the Rebbe is that we create an explanation of the Rebbe which is really more emotional, more hyper than anything else. I'm going I'm to give you a simple explanation and I'm asking you one thing. Before you tell me that I'm a Mapakedis and I'm not making the Rebbe great enough, think about what I'm about to say. Just think about what I'm about to say because this is really the truth. It's not the whole truth. But this you could tell any person. And if they have an open mind, if they're honest, they'll say, I understand. Okay? I'm going to give you an example, okay? How many senses are there? Seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, and touching. Everybody knows that, right? Are there animals in the animal kingdom that have senses that are not one of those five? A different sense doesn't mean a stronger sense. It means a different sense. If another animal can smell better than you, that's just a better olfactory system. It's a very, very hard question to answer. It is a very hard question to answer because it's very difficult for us to understand the sense that we don't know. There may be many senses that animals have. That we, You just mentioned the bat and the dolphin. That was called echolocation. Echolocation is, a, is an electrical impulse, but they're really using their ears. It's their ears plus an incredibly large part of their brain which is dedicated to interpreting, they, they send out a signal, a sound, that bounces off an object, comes back into their, they have this big bulbous thing in front of their head, dolphins do, that allows them to measure distance. So it's really, it's the, it's the audio sound, they're hearing it. Um, the reason it's a hard question to answer is because it's very difficult to us to relate to something which we don't have. So biologists talk about this a lot. I've read about it in different books, about different animals, particularly a snake. You will frequently find in literature, I'm not saying scientific literature, but pseudoscientific literature, the sixth sense or the seventh sense. The problem with the sixth sense is what is it? 
How is it different than hearing? How is it different than seeing? How is it different than smelling? How is it different than tasting and touching? Because we don't have the medium, we don't have a form by which to identify it. But scientists have the ability to use physical examination, physical um, mechanisms, which can figure out, for example, snakes use their tongue, right? I mean, one of the things which is not well known, it is an incredibly, incredibly strong connection between smell and taste. There's an argument to be made that they're the same sense. Smelling and tasting are very closely related. Um, so when a snake sticks out its tongue and it's measuring what's around it, is that smell, is that taste, or is that a third thing? And there's discussion. There's discussion. I think there are different opinions about it. Um, there are certainly many scientists who say that animals have different senses. In other words, they don't just have the same five that we have, but better developed. They have other senses, and they have physical parts of their body that give them these extra senses. And the scientists try to study those tools and try to figure out what they are and to create mechanical or electromagnetic systems which they can sort of define what it is and insist it's not seeing, it's not hearing, it's not smelling, it's not tasting, it's not touching. Now why am I giving this lecture on biology of which I know nothing? Why? Because the difference between the Rebbe and other God will be Yisrael is that he has another sense. He's not smarter. In intelligence is measurable. There's something called IQ. Now you can argue about intelligence. But intelligence is measurable. Not every tzaddik was necessarily the smartest person in the world. Many were. Rebbe Zushahan Apollo was famous for being a very, very big tzaddik and not a big Tamat Chacham. I was a bigger Tamat Chacham than me, but that doesn't say very much. But he wasn't in the League of the Alta Rebbe and the Badich of Erov and the Mendel He was on a much lower level. The difference between a tzaddik and another person, girls, especially a Rebbe, is they're in a Shama person, a soul person. What is soulism? What is it? What does it mean to touch another human being Neshama to Neshama. Uh, the Rebbe is a very smart man. Smarter than anybody. But that's not what makes him a Rebbe. What makes him a Rebbe is he is a human being that's first of all separated from the rest of us including some of the smartest amongst us that he's consciously in touch with his Neshama. A Rosh Hashiv is a Talmud Chacham. He's a smart guy. He has a good brain. He's better than other people at something that he has in common with other people. If you want to understand, if you want to appreciate, if you want to explain the difference between a tzaddik b'chalal and a rebbe especially and other people, this is the language. And you can start off with the question I asked. Are there more than five senses in the, in the animal kingdom? And you can have this conversation. What separates a rebbe from a god will be Israel is he's an ashama person. It's so weird. It's really really weird. When a Rebbe meets another human being, the mind meets the mind, we call that neshama. The heart meets the heart, we call that ruach. The body meets the body, we call that nefesh. But the soul meets the soul, we call that chaye yechida. You and I all have neshamas. We're not in touch with our neshamas at all. I talk about it in Tanya, but we don't. It's for, unless you're God, God, chassid, an extraordinary great chassid, we don't know our neshamas. The Rebbe, he lives there. When a Rebbe walks into a room, his soul fills the souls of all the other people. Now, girls, think about this for a moment, okay? How does the brain gather information? How does the brain gather information? So I'm going to give you a very bad example, okay? How do computers gather information? Trillions and trillions and trillions of numbers. 
right? The inventor of the computer, I've been studying it lately, was an incredibly smart man who found a very, very quick way of going through literally trillions of combinations of numbers. It's details. The brain operates in details. When your brain walks into a room and there's a thousand people there, he registers every person separately. If you register every person separately, you need an enormous amount of brain to notice a hundred people, notice ten people. If a bigger brain, you can see a hundred. Even bigger brain, you can see a thousand. But one thing never changes. The way the brain processes is in details. Now imagine you walked into a room and you're not feeling with your mind, you're feeling with your neshama. It's not just you can gather more information. You're gathering it in a different way. Because on the neshama level, the divisions are not there. The separation between her soul and her soul is very, very different than the separation between her brain and her brain. That's what a Rebbe is. He's an Ashoma man. And you see it in the tiniest things. You see it in the tiniest things. For a while, when I was a Bochet, for a while, I used to push to be very close to the Rebbe like For a few years I did it. The reason I stopped, I'll make a confession, is because I was pushing to go to the front and the people are pushing to go out, and I'm pushing to go front, so I stood up on the bench. The Rebbe looked straight at me, he's holding his becher, and he says loud. Look straight at me. If you don't stop pushing, I'm gonna give the becher to somebody else. I never went to Keshebrach again, I stood outside, I watched on the screen. But I used to stand under the Rebbe. Now when you're so close to the Rebbe, Keshebrach is very noisy, very noisy. And there's people pushing you to move faster because the Rebbe's time is very limited. And it's also, the Rebbe's been working for hours straight. Fabrenga could be four or five hours. Keshebrach could be three more hours. The Rebbe, you're talking about the Rebbe, he's 80 years old, 78, 80, over 80. So the Elam, Mishtub the Elam. There's a lot of noise. And for the most part, I mean, the, the girls never was there to get Keshebrach. But the Rebbe looked into your eyes, always looked straight in the eyes. Then he looked into your cup and said, L'chaim but that was to say that and when you went to Keshav Bracha, you want, the most important thing for you was not to see that it put into your cup. The most important thing was that split second, it was literally a tenth of a second, we looked through you and then he put L'chaim Bracha. He looked at you. The Rebbe's glances were very quick and so deep. And you always, some people say they never want to make contact with the Rebbe. I always want to make contact. That was my Rebbe. My Rebbe talked to me with those eyes. I had whole conversations with the Rebbe. It was very fast. It was very intimate. Nobody knew what was happening except for you. Look, you zoom. And sometimes by Keshav Bracha, people used to ask the Rebbe for brachas. All kinds of situations. And battle lips schlepping, label grown schlepping. And the guy has an emergency. Someone's dying and he needs to tell the Rebbe a name. And the Rebbe would shout loud, because there's noise, there's singing and there's noise. And you would hear him say, V'hasted, what's his name? And you had to say, Shmei V'shemimei, the name of the mother's name. And if you didn't know it, the Rebbe would say, what's his mother's name? And one of the weirdest things by the Rebbe, and I saw this more than once, and I heard many stories about it is, sometimes a person came to the Rebbe to ask for someone for a bracha. And the Rebbe said, what's his name? He says, I don't know. So the Rebbe said, what the name person's name is? So the guy would say, yeah. And the Rebbe said, no, no, no. Say it back to me. Say it back to me. I mean, I have a, an acquaintance who's a very precise chassid who's not shaykhist to Guzma at all. He told me I made in the Kamaisa that during the, the, the uh, Sinai campaign, 1956, the Sinai campaign, Moshe Dayan was wounded. Moshe Dayan was eventually the Minister of Defense. He was a very powerful man. Moshe Dayan was, he wasn't not from. Moshe Dayan was fry. 
He was a He was not an idle person. When Moshe Dayan died, the Rebbe paid for someone to say Kaddish for him because the Rebbe knew that his children wouldn't. That was who Moshe Dayan was. So by Fabrengen, somebody said, Moshe Dayan needed a for Shlema. So the Rebbe says, what's his name? So nobody knows. So the Rebbe said, ask Moshe Dubinsky. Moshe Dubinsky was a client. They had the same name and the same mother's name. So I'm asking you a question. If the Rebbe knows that Moshe Dayan and Moshe Dubinsky had the same name and the same mother's name, why is he asking what's his name? Medav Monen. When you say by a Rebbe, you are the oil, and you just say, Yosef Yitzchak Ben Rechel, that's all he needs. It's all he needs. We write letters because we need to say this, 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 this. That's a difference, girls. When I tell you to a pidyon nefesh and a letter, and the girls are so surprised, a pidyon nefesh is an ashama document. A letter is a brain document, a heart document, a senses document. Meaning, when you're writing a letter, you're writing a letter on level, you and the Rebbe have the same gifts. You're smart, he's smarter. You're emotional, he's more emotional. You're sensitive, he's more sensitive. But it's the same. When you get stuck with non is about the Rebbe, it's because you're trying to describe the Rebbe as more successful, as greater, as more accomplished. You're making a mistake. Stop trying to do that. Stop saying, my Rebbe is bigger than yours because he made more chedushim. It's more svarim. It's a silly, foolish debate because they're not going to agree with you, not because you're wrong, but because they, don't want to, they want their Rebbe to be the greatest. You have to establish the difference. This is the difference. The Rebbe Grona, the Rebbe Grona, the Rebbe the Telta but that was for staying. You have to understand what this means. The Rebbe took Pidyanis. You want to mean the Rebbe took Pidyanis? You gave the Rebbe a note. Arnold, Eide, Rachm, Rabbi Molai, Yesef, Yitzhak, Ben Rachel, Va'al. Shtene, Sara, Bas, Mir, Rezel. I can say my whole Pidyan for you, yeah? When the Rebbe took a Pidyan, what was the Rebbe saying? I speak the language of the Neshama. So Label Gorna, to be detailed, Label Gorna was a young Bachar. He was the Rebbe's Mishamish. That was Mishores. So Label Gordon said that when it came to Rosh Hashanah, Toshin Yudbeis, or something like that, the Rebbe got to say, in the Mithriyim, they can doors and give in dry, which we can't lay in an opinion. In the last generation, there were three who could read opinion. The Rebbe, the Shver, the Friyim, the Kerebbe, the Belzer Rebbe, and the Gere Rebbe. Ich will probieren. I'll try. If the Rebbe took opinion from you, and he didn't know how to read it, if you know anything about the Rebbe, I promise you, he'd give it back to you. And he would say, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be hurtful. I'm not on this level. I just can't do this. If you gave me a pan, which would, of course, be very silly, it's nothing. It's nothing. Because when you give the Rebbe a pan, all you're writing, the only thing that really matters is Shmei Shemi, your name name. And what you're doing is you're saying Neshama. But one of the things we say in the minor Lashem, you say that word every time you go to the house in the beginning of the minor lotion <laughs> before you run out of patience yeah <laughs> many times one soul and another soul meet on a level of atzilus what is atzilus atzilus is chaya there's nefesh that's asir there's ruach that's yitzira there's Nishama, that's Bria. And then there's Atsilas, which is Chaya. What's Atsilas? Very plain. It's oil without Kali. Ruach has a Kali. Nefesh has a Kali, which is the, the liver, the goof. 
Ruach has a keli, which is the heart and the lungs. Neshama has a keli, which is the brain. There's no keli for, for Chaya. No keli for Yechida. So people like you and me, our whole relationship with our Neshama is based on our goof. So what do we know about our Chaya Yechida? Nothing. What do we know about our Chaya Yechida? Nothing. A Rebbe lives there. So his ability, see what I'm trying to say is, what separates the Rebbe by the soul, he literally has another sense that experiences and sees the world in an entirely different way. It's hard to understand what it means that Rebbe walks into a room and there's 10,000 souls. Rebbe's very smart. He has very good eyes. Very quick ability to grasp. But his taking in that crowd, and you have to understand, in the later years, Rebbe Pashat couldn't see. Rebbe's eyes were very poor. And he would look through you. You were 30 feet from him, 40 feet from him. He said, I don't think he saw you with his eyes. His eyes were not that good. He saw you with his soul. It's a, it's a, it's, this is what separates a tzaddik b'chalal and a rebbe b'fraf madrigadei soul. I think we have to stop making it into a competition. What's a rebbe? A rebbe is a solistic person. Or to put it in Graba Aesius. G'dayli Yisrael passed away, you know that? Nobody goes to the tzir. Everybody comes to the rebbe. There's a handful of people who go to Mansi. And they're not going to the Satmar Rebbe, they're going to the Rimnitzer Rebbe. A lot of people go to the Rimnitzer Rebbe. The Rimnitzer Rebbe was that kind of man. Why aren't they going to the Forum of the Gedalim, the Litvish Gedalim? Why? It's not because of the Chassadin in them. Because he's passed away. If he's passed away, where are you going? So then what's the point of going over here? The Tenet is because over here it's a meeting of a soul and a soul direct. It's not through the brain, it's not through the heart, it's not through the senses. It's a meeting of the soul and the soul direct. It's reasonable to visit. And of course, the bottom line is, you see the Yeshuas. You see that when your neshama goes into that tiny little Dalaramis of the Rebbe's Tzit, and the neshama of you, and the neshama of the Rebbe meet, that's what the word, Harbei Pa'amim Neshama and Neshama tells, two souls touch directly, not through the goof. If you're going through the goof, unfortunately the goof is not here. Only such a yid, whose life is a chathchil on the madrig of neshama, and specifically on the madrig of chayyechide, after the goof is no more, that soul and your soul can meet directly, and there can even be, there's all kinds of madrigis in it, there's a man from the middle of the Rebbe called Ishtatchus, where he has five madrigis of, of go, why you go to a tzien. The fourth one is that your soul and the tzaddik's soul touch, and you experience one another. And the fifth madrig is your soul and the tzaddik soul meet and touch and you take away a hasaga. You can come back and say a maimachsidis. You take away ideas. But the ideas didn't come from the brain. They came from the neshama to the brain. This is kinalach. I think you can explain this to any misnag. Now, if you're dealing with a misnag that doesn't believe in the neshama, so first of all, it's kfira. And second of all, that's not a litvisha. That's a modern orthodox. There's a campus in the modern Orthodox that decided to take on the Alter Rebbe's Chelech Lechami Mal Mamish. It's a tipshish gemur. Most Jews believe in souls. Most believe in the veracity of souls. And that's the difference between the Rebbe and other godly is, in addition to his incredible brain, in addition to his incredible heart, in addition to his incredible senses, which we share with him, he has another means of experiencing and relating and interacting, both in terms of taking and giving. It's the Madreg of Nishama, specifically the Madreg of Chaya Yechida. Now I'm going to let you ask questions, but I want to say one thing before I do. The Baal Shem Tev had a teacher. We know his name. 
The Baal Shem Tov's teacher was a Chiyashi We know his name. The Baal Shem Tov never, none of the Baal Shem Tov's Sfarim tell us his name. In the Baal Shem Tov's letters in Sfarim, he's called Moiri Verabi Baal Hachai. Hey Ches Yud. Hey Ches Yud. What does Baal Hachai mean? The master of Chaya Yechida. The only reason we know that the name of the of the Bashan is because his Talmud, the Talmud of Zakav Yosef, writes it in a few places. In his Sefer, the Mai Rebbe, the Bashan told me that his Rebbe is Lani. was one generation before Eliyahu Anavi. Eliyahu Anavi taught Kabbalah to the Arizal for seven years. Achiyah taught the Bashan Chasidis for ten years. There's actually a letter from the Rebbe where the Rebbe talks about, the Rebbe is responding to somebody who asks the question that the Bashan is hiding Kabbalah. is the generation of But the Bashan never says his name in any Sefer, any of his letters. He calls the Moedi, what he's saying is, I have a Rebbe who doesn't only operate on the level of the Neshama, he operates on the level, those levels of the Neshama that have no goof. Nefesh of the Shaykh is with goof. Ruach of the Shaykh is with goof. Neshama of the Shaykh is with goof. Chaya Yechida, Atzilus, Neshama, Neshama, Neatzelus, is straight Neshama to Neshama. My master, my Rebbe, lives there. And for those of you who know that the Arizal is called Arizal Hachai, right? Why do you call Arizal Hachai? Because he's still alive. That too. But Arizal Hachai means Arizal Hachai Yechida. That's what it means. There are certain Neshamas. They're not just bigger than ours. They're able to live on a soul level, which is completely above the goof. So there's no limitations of a goof. And I think what I just told you, it's not as radical as you would say, well, the Rebbe is Mashiach, and the Rebbe is I don't know what. And I'm not saying these things aren't true. But when someone asks a question, you have to answer it in a way that they're able to understand it. I think that what I presented just now, the way I presented it, can be understood by any person with an open mind. Questions or comments? You spoke about the Panans and you made various comments about um, what a Pan is and <coughs> your comment of, you know, you started quoting your own Pan, you're like, this name and that, and I'm It's my name and wife's name, so I told you. No, 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 I'm saying, it's a Pan only name because I think people say, oh, you know, they write their Pan for days and it's like, if you're just running your name, how does it take days to write a Khan? First of all, it could. Rabiel Khan, Rabiel Khan, this is worth hearing. Rabiel Khan related that when he was 20 years old, he traveled to the Rebbe. He left Etz Yisrael before the Fidel passed away. He arrived in New York after the Fidel passed away. When he left Israel, he was planning to see the Fidel Rebbe. He had Mashpiim and Madrichim and Rosh Yeshivas who were Tmimim, who learned in Lubavitch. In other words, not like me. Emesachsidim. And they were, we were Madrichim. One of the most important personnel in Abiel's life, and he talks about him very favorably, was a Chosav of him of Reb Sheil Bruk. Reb Sheil Bruk was a great man. Part of what made Reb Sheil Bruk so great, he, was, he, knew, he knew by heart the whole Shasa, the whole Rambam. You understand? What made Abshel Brook great was when you addressed an issue that he felt he wasn't good at, he would send you to somebody else. Imagine a Yid who knows so much Taylor who says, you know what, I want to get you a better teacher because I'm not good at this. When Abshel realized how good his Talmidim were, he hired for them somebody else to teach him chassidus, even though he was a mashpia. 
because he understood that that Ramesh Gerardi understands Chassidus. But Ramesh Gerardi was no Shale Brook. But in, in, in Chassidus, he had an advantage, which is very special. To have a teacher, especially a great teacher, who's able to say, I can help you with this. And I can. Shale Brook built a generation of Tmimim. He's a very important part of the, really, it's, it's the post-Holocaust Mashpiyim. He's one of the most important personalities. His Talmidim swear by him. He, he was so honest. He was such an emissary man. And his greatest gift that he gave many of us Hamidim is the ability to say, I don't know, but ask him. What did he learn in him? Oh, I don't know. He passed away in 1965. Wait one second. <laughs> when Rabbi Yehiel and his friends were going to the Bach, went to the Rebbe, they came to their Mashpia. And they said to the Mashpia, we're going to the Rebbe. What do we need to know? And the Mashpia told him, I don't know if it was Reb Sheil, it may have been somebody else. But after how you explain a shayb mapidin, you have to learn how to read a pidin. Okay, your question. He said, I learned how to read a and go to Zalman Mesha. There was chassid and I told him, Zalman Mesha, it's chaki. He was, he was, I mean, I, the, the people said that the Rebbe said he was a Madrigas Tzadik. He was a very, very big chassid. He was a crazy man. But he was a very, very deep, deep pneumistic chassid. And he was after a stroke. He couldn't speak. Come out. They say that when he davened, every word was clear. When he learned Samach every word was clear, but he couldn't talk. So they came to the Rebbe and they said, oh, our Mashpim sent us to you, that we're going to the Rebbe, and we need you to teach about the When does this class finish? So he said, okay, bring a piece of paper. Bring a piece of paper. Picked up the pen, started hold the paper, start to cry. And he bawled. And he finally said, come back tomorrow. They came back the next day, and this repeated itself. I don't know if he ever wrote the pidgin. So you're wondering what it means to speak many days to write a pidgin. I suspect that the people who told you I speak many days writing a pun is because they don't separate the pun from a letter. Yeah. And this is one of the things that I insist on teaching. A pun is, is, is Atzilus. It's soul to the soul. The only thing that really matters in a pan is your name and your mother's name. Just make sure you don't make any mistakes. People do write things in a pidgin nefesh. I told this to you Tishrei time. The, the real truth of the matter is the only thing that matters in a pan is the The reason I cannot say that 100% is because we have the Rebbe's pidginus. Now why we have the Rebbe's pidginus, I don't know, but we have them. Not only we have them, they're actually printed. Why are they printed? The, the pidgeinus that the Rebbe wrote from Vedic and Rebbe, we have a few. And you see in those pidgeinus that the Rebbe does ask certain requests. For davening, for learning, for Vedas Hashem. I like to tell this to people because it sobers you, it makes you stop in your tracks. By the Rebbe Sanchaya Mushke, he writes, and we really should not have this information, because it's terribly personal. Shatihi yasmeicha b'chelk. That the Rebbe should be happy with what she had. The Rebbe had no children. And there's, I think, two, maybe three pedianas, which are printed, printed pedianas. And for himself, he writes, I should have psicha samoyach of learning, not a lot. But the Rebbe he writes, shatiyas mecha b'chelka. Now, we should not have those pedianas. We really shouldn't. So why do we? But the lesson of the pedianas we can take, which means to say you shouldn't write anything in a pan except maybe shemimri is not true, because this is what the Rebbe did. But understand that in a pan you put in your nim nishmasiyim, 
you put in a pan things that touch your neshama. So my, my, what I always tell the girls and the boys is, you write a letter. A letter you write a person to a person. Your brain to his brain, your heart to his heart, your sense to Okay, he's smarter than you, but you share that. What's the heading? A, pa- a letter? Yeah. El Admor. And then however you want. I mean, there's so many different versions of Lubavitch, you know? Shlita, I don't want to give you words, but however you feel about the Rebbe, but you address it to the Rebbe. You know, my wife writes her letters in English. She writes, Dear Rebbe. That's what she writes, Dear Rebbe. You write, and, and then of course, at the bottom of the letter, you write your name. Some people in the letter will also write their mother's name, but in the letter, you have to put your last name. It's a document, it's a letter, it's a communication of person to person. A pidyan nefesh. The truth is, all you need in a pidyan nefesh is your name and your mother's name. People add certain things, but you need to appreciate the meaning of the document. Did I answer your question? Yes. Any other questions? Go ahead. The talk. But you, you had a question. You had a question. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing you relate when we talk about Darvish, like stories and whatever about Darvish, how great Darvish, like how smart and how sensitive, and how kind. Of, you're saying that that's on a, a le- our level, just the high. Of, of course. Yeah. We're missing what makes. Where does all that come from? All of that comes from a gigantic soul, a gigantic soul. We have no concept. You know, the was a genius. You know that? Yeah. But the had a, the Rebbe said, he had a posh to neshama. He had a great brain. But he was, a, he was a regular person with a supersonic brain. Tzadikim, the Rebbe's, the Baal Shem Tev, Baal Shem Tev brought with him a whole pack of neshamas. They posh had super great neshamas. And some of the neshama of Tzadikim of Chesidus, not only in Chabad, were literally higher than the shamas that existed hundreds of years before. It doesn't mean they were smarter. The shamas were greater. I, I have a weakness for bells. I have a weakness for bells. The bells that Ebbis were incredibly great tzaddikim. The second bells that Ebbis was a bishiela bells, and they call them the mitleruv, like we have the mitlerev. The bishiela bells that had a son whose name was a bishachadev. He was the third Rebbe. The Rishachadev's Rebison was the daughter of the, the Chernobyl Rebbe. That's why Rebbe Adel Abelzer, the fourth Belzer, was named Adel. It's a Chernobyl name, Rebbe Adel of Chernobyl. They got married. She kept on getting pregnant and kept on losing her pregnancies. I don't know how many times, but a bunch of times. And people said to her, the whole world comes to your father-in-law, the Rebbe de Shved, the Rishachadev Abelzer. Why don't you go to your Shved? So there's all kinds of stories about this, which are not for now. But she finally went into her father-in-law and says, I keep losing my pregnancy. I want to keep one. So the Bishir Labelza told his daughter-in-law, I heard it from my Belza with the Belza accent. You should have had children long ago. You speak Yiddish. He says, you should have children longer. Your husband insists. I'm bringing into the world a soul that hasn't been here for 500 years. Now, you know how old Abishachat Dov was when this happened? He was a boy. They got married at 15, 16, 17. And at that age, he was such a great, not just a great mind, such a great soul. He says, I'm bringing the best. And he did. His oldest son was a malach. The Rebbe met him. And described him as a tzura belichem and mufshet from Gashmi. a neshama without a goof. His other kids were what they called normal. I mean, everything's relative. Yeah. So you, you understand. 
Sanandezach. Ah, the reason all the other chushim were so developed is because the neshama was so massive. But the truth of the Rebbe isn't that he's smarter than you. I mean, people couldn't believe how much the Rebbe knows. He knew so much about so many things, and understood it so deeply. How could a person's brain hold so much information? In other words, there are geniuses. 140 IQ, 160 IQ, 180 IQ. The Rebbe was off the charts. But that's not who he was. Or to say it backwards, the reason he had such an incredible brain is because that brain was not a reflection of his brain. There was an ashram inside that was so massive that we push it to have no asugah. So you're saying that even the leaders are all part of the ashram? They're a symptom. But that's not what makes him who he was. You wanted to say. Now, I've, I've seen a lot, like in the army, whatever, a lot of people, like, they're, they're going to go dobbing at the Rav Khan Kanevsky, like, all of So, like, do you think they're, like, picking up on that thing of, like, you said they used to never, um... Come back in five years and tell me if they're still going. I don't want to speak about that person. In America, people go to two places. They go to the Rebbe, and on a much smaller scale, but still, like, go to the Rebbe. You go there because it works. And if it doesn't work, you stop going. And it's, how do you know it doesn't work? How do you know? You just sense. This is very serious. A yid as a chush. People come to the rabbi, even if they have nothing to ask for, they feel something that you don't feel in other places. So maybe if people in five years from today are still going there, then we're going to say that this is special. It's not a mistake. Is it like any tzaddik, like people go to Avon and like... Yeah, but do, do you know any tzaddik, it's a very, very small collection. You're not talking about millions of Jews. It's, it's one or two in a generation. It's not a lot of people. It's the holiest of the holy. The greatest of the great mamish. It's extraordinary nishamis. And of course, the way the Rebbe always says it, it's those tzaddikim who are connected to Pneumis the neshama who connected the community with the Kabbalah, they, this is the greatest neshamas, the highest neshamas. Any other questions or comments? Go ahead. One second, go ahead. When you, when somebody, like at the beginning of the class, you mentioned about knowing about people, when you, when you come into contact with the Nalavach, so what should you um, speak about fast? So this, or the Rebbe? Not, not, they don't come to That's not my question, my opinion? Yeah, of course, Chassidus. I'm saying, like, you should, when, when is the right time to introduce, like, a yeah, The right time to introduce it when they're ready to hear it. Don't call me ask you. you. I speak to my parents all the When you're ready to hear it. All the time. When they're ready to hear it. The, 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 the most I'm important saying. thing, as far as the Rebbe is concerned, is not him, it's his agenda. And his agenda is Mashiach. His agenda is Mifzoyim. His agenda is Chassidus. Bringing a person to the Rebbe is a special schus for them. It's a special schus for you. And it's, it's, it takes a little time. Go ahead. About the Yes, they are. For sure. They're missing a Rebbe. They're not really missing a Rebbe. <laughs> if they were really missing a Rebbe, they'd go look for one. They know he's there and that he's such a nice guy that they don't have to give him that much attention. That's how I feel. They all know that the Rebbe is there when they need him. That's how I feel.
When they got a problem, they get very open. Very quick. Okay, I'll see you when I see you.